It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On one hand, Wednesday's loss to the Indiana Pacers showed how good the magic can really be and why we are seeing exactly what we need to see. On the other hand, you can't lose a 15-point lead at home in the fourth quarter. You just can't. We will get to the bottom of it all on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 3rd, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about it. Your line of magic fall to the Indiana Pacers, 122-114 to 114 in overtime. A disappointing loss for a number of reasons. We'll get down to uh, some of the rotation decisions that Jamal Mosley made, why this loss is certainly a little bit on him, and why maybe there are some bigger issues that the Magic should be thinking about resolving here or that the Magic will probably have to put some pressure on to resolve before the end of the season. We'll also talk about the way the team's identity is taking shape uh, a little silver lining because I'm an optimist coming out of this game. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search grab a download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. We also want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen of the day, every day, whenever you do choose to listen to us, whether it's right when we upload, first thing in the morning, on your way to work, on your way home from work, on your way to the game, 
It doesn't matter. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. The Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Magic are free and available wherever you download podcasts. The Orlando Magic honestly could not have looked better through three quarters. Um, yes, uh, uh, the team noted some some slippage in the second quarter. Um, that was concerning, and 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 that um, I think the coaching staff kind of took as a warning, as an omen for what was going to come in the fourth quarter. But the Magic really could not have played better for three quarters. Um, the ball moved. They played with tremendous pace. There's a little element of chaos in there, but the Magic were always in control. And, and yes, even though Indiana got back into the game. Um, after the Magic took a double-digit lead in the second quarter, Orlando always kept Indiana at arm's arm's length. Um, at the end of the day, as Jamal Mosley likes to say, this is a game of runs. You got to learn how to absorb those runs, and 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 that is something. And I, I know we're going to get to the fourth quarter here. That is something the Magic have done exceptionally well. And so entering the third, entering the fourth quarter, the Magic were up by 15 points. It looked like they could not be stopped. Their defense was on point for the most part. Their offense was generating, uh, their defense was generating their offense. Their offense was finding the open man. They were moving the ball. Everyone was eating. And it was all working so well. The Magic played exactly how we always imagined. They went exactly how I'm sure the coaching staff wants them to play. Um, Whenever they do a film session, I'm sure they will be highlighting a lot of those things to say, hey, we can do this. We are doing the right things. And again, more consistently, the team is doing the right things. But it's a 48-minute game, but there's still a fourth quarter. And while uh, certainly some coaching decisions played a factor in the Orlando Magic giving up their lead and, and making this a game, the Magic also lost their way. They also lost and stopped doing the things that put them in that position to win, that put them in a position to win their third straight game. And instead, they let the Indiana Pacers gain confidence. Give the Pacers all the credit in the world. They were the aggressors. They were on the attack. They got to the basket. They forced fouls. They made the Magic struggle a little bit defensively and question what they were doing defensively. Granted, too, Orlando put out an odd lineup that fit into Indiana's hands a lot better. So we, we cannot absolve Jamal Mosley uh, from the mistake here. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. But Orlando, at the end of the day, had the opportunity to win this game and should have won this game. I've I've not said that much this year, but I've said it before in the past. I understand this team's bad. I understand this team has a bad record. I understand this team's going to finish with one of the worst records in the league, and they deserve it. They should be there. But when you have the opportunity to win, you have to learn how to win. You can't just skip these lessons and excuse these moments where the team does not execute, where the team does not do what it has to do to win, when the opportunity is present. And that is why a loss like this one is inexcusable. Cannot happen under any circumstance. And obviously it happened once in Boston. Both of the Orlando's overtime losses have been games that the Magic led by double digits in the fourth quarter and gave away the lead. Went into overtime and just looked a bit shell-shocked. Now the last time this happened, Orlando responded really well. They had a really strong effort in Chicago where they ultimately fell just a hair short in the fourth quarter. So I'm confident that this team can bounce back, that this is not something that's going to rattle the team too much. But by the same token, it's also a lesson they should have learned. And as Franz Wagner put after the game, yes, I played well, and meaning Franz, Franz played well. Um, but 
We've had these lessons before. We know what we have to do, and we didn't do it. That recognition is important as much as anything else, as much as anything else the Magic did do in this game. The Magic have to know that this cannot happen. So how did Indiana get back into the game? How did Indiana push themselves into the lead? Well, first they slowed the game down. Uh, where the first three, the first three um, quarters of the game were played at a pace of 104 possessions per 48 minutes. Magic averaging about 100. Orlando was in control. They sped the game up. Indiana is a slower pace team. They're around 98 possessions for 48 minutes. They the, the Magic were able to speed this game up, play at their pace. They were the ones dictating pace. And that's not something the Magic have done for most of the year. It's something they're getting a lot better at. And so by finding that pace, by playing at that fast pace, by getting out in transition, Orlando was in control of the game. The fourth quarter of the game was played at it. The fourth quarter overtime was played at a pace of 97 possessions per 48 minutes. Again, a much different pace. When Orlando is forced into the half court, that is when their worst demons come out. That is when their worst decisions come out. When they have to kind of solve pro- solve the problem a little bit or slow down and kind of think through things. They got guys that just want to go. But that's you know, Marco Fultz is the best at it. Obviously, he's on a minute restriction right now, so he's not going to play um, those those crunch time minutes. He's, he, he, it would not surprise me if we don't see Markel Fultz at all in crunch time minutes this year. You know, maybe toward the end of the season. But I, I just I just feel like they're going to be super cautious, and we're going to see him on on a heavy minute restriction for most of the rest of the season. Um. So, you got that. The game slowed down, and that's when the problems begin. Now, first off. The game slowed down a lot because the Orlando was not getting stops. They were not able to get out in transition. Um, the 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 Magic were unable to push the ball um, because the Pacers were constantly because they were constantly taking the ball out of the basket. Now, another part of the problem was the Magic didn't have great lineups out there. Again, we'll talk more about lineups and rotations coming up here in a bit. But the Magic just did not play the way they need to play, and so then it comes down to ball movement. You know, again. Pace, space with the pass. Really abstract things that Jamal Mosley talked about early in the season, but now we're beginning to understand what they really are about. So the Magic play with pace. When they play with pace, they're really good. When they get out in transition, they're really good. Yes, you're going to have a little few more turnovers when you do that, and that's hurt this team, but they're starting to figure it out. Um, the, the problem, though, is when you're playing in a half court, is then... You lose the pass, and that's where the Magic really got beat. Look, you give up runs, whatever. When Orlando was down and, and Orlando was looking for a good shot, they could not execute to get it. They could not execute to find the good shot that they needed. Um, in so many situations, it was Cole Anthony trying to run a pick and roll, um, you know, or Jalen Suggs trying to run a pick and roll, and them just ducking their head and getting to the basket and looking for their own shot. You could feel the, the the tension kind of building um, every time Cole touched the ball because Cole is not playing well right now. He's not shooting the ball effectively. Now, he is the Magic's closer, but he's not there. he's not in a rhythm right now to close. It says a lot to me that Franz Wagner had 28 points. 24 of them came in the first three quarters. He did not touch the ball very much in the final quarter. And in fact, the only basket that the Magic really scored before the final basket, where Mo Bamba tipped in a Cole Anthony miss 
uh, with nine seconds to play to tie the game and force overtime. Franz Wagner was the only one that made a basket. And, you know, the, the, the Pacers closed on something like a 13-3 run or 13-4 run to tie the game and send it to overtime. Franz Wagner was the only one that made a basket. And yes, we are at a point where the Magic have to make it a point to get Franz Wagner the ball. And that's, you know, where Cole Anthony is still trying to improve, trying to get better. He's been handed the keys. Right or wrong, he's been handed the keys. Right now, it feels like it's the wrong decision. And so the Magic put themselves in a spot where they weren't getting good shots down the stretch. They weren't executing. They weren't moving the ball. The ball got stagnant. They slowed down. And that's what got them in trouble. Defensively, they struggled to defend without fouling. They set the, the Pacers to the line for 11 free throws in the fourth quarter alone. Um, they they really just, they, their switching was just off. Um, Admiral Schofield especially was really bad um, in the Magic switching scheme. Their switching was really good in the first three quarters. I thought the Magic did a really good job kind of stopping the Pacers from getting three-pointers by switching a lot. That's what a lot of teams do to the Magic. I thought it was really, really on point. Um, but the fourth quarter was just abysmal. They were just late. There was poor communication. They gave up little gaps that the Pacers took advantage of. And then again, give the Pacers credit. They made shots. After making only four threes, I believe, in the first three quarters, Indiana had six alone in the fourth quarter. They made two more in the in in, in overtime. And that was the ball game. That, like literally, that was the ball game. This game really came down to understanding the Magic's identity. And that's, you know, again, in some ways, this is a good thing. Now we know how the Magic want to play and their way to win. We're, we're understanding, and the Magic are beginning to understand what they have to do to win and how they have to play to win. Now, should that be happening three quarters of the way into the season? Absolutely not. But that's where we are. We The, the big goal for this season is we wanted to see the outlines of who this team could be, of what this team could accomplish and what this team could do. We are beginning to see that. That's exciting. That's good. We know how this team can win. This team is beginning to understand and play the way they know they can to win. But what happened in the fourth quarter is what's going to ha- what happens a lot to inexperienced teams, what happens a lot to young teams. They got taken out of their game. They had the terms of the game dictated to them, and they couldn't get it back. Even when they were struggling, they couldn't get it back. It's good now. We understand Orlando is a fast-paced team. We know that they're a fast-breaking team. We know they're a versatile defensive team, and they got to be able to be a little physical. And they're still learning the, the, the line of their physicality. But they fell short in this game. And it should never have been this bad. One reason, though, it was this bad was the coaching. And we do have to hold Jamal Mosley to task for a decision that he made and perhaps a decision that has bigger implications for the team moving forward. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a minute. But first, football might be over for the season, but basketball is indeed in full steam with both pro and college hoops in their postseason pushes. We're almost we're in co- almost to the conference tournament season, believe it or not. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, coverage, and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Obviously, we can't escape um, some of the decisions Jamal Mosley made in this game. And, and, and obviously, there are a number of factors. Even with this, Orlando should have still won the game. So... I want to make this clear. Orlando's execution down the stretch was really poor. Um, I think that the Magic, panic panic isn't the right word, but I think the Magic were rattled. I think Indiana was able to dictate the terms of the game. And once that snowball got rolling down the hill, Orlando really struggled to find their center. And and a lot of that is personnel. Um, Just just plain and simple. When you're in a a situation like this, you need a guy that's going to calm you down. You need a guy that's going to get you a big shot or consistently get you a big shot or get you a good shot, get you into your offense and, and, and get the team kind of back and centered. Again, it's, it's, there's with the way Orlando plays, there's a little bit of controlled chaos and that's not a bad thing. I, you know, I, I don't mind some ragged play as long as the magic are not turning the ball over and just throwing the ball around. Um, but some ragged play that plays into the magic's hands. They want the game to be a little bit out of control. They, they need, they need to have a grip on it, but they don't mind if the game is going up and down the court like that. Um, that's, that's, that's fine. Um, but Orlando didn't execute well down the stretch. And, you know, Cole Anthony missed shots. Wendell Carter turned the ball over. Um, they did, they, Wendell Carter passed on some good shots that he needs to take. Um, they didn't get the ball to Franz Wagner. Jalen Suggs was forcing things. It, it was it was a grind. And, and, and the Magic's leaders were, were trying to get him out of it. It's not a negative thing. But they didn't execute. They didn't get the job done. They didn't get to the right plays. They kind of broke the offense to, to, to try and force – the right result. Um, again, good intentions, bad results. But uh, we do have to hold Jamal Mosley to task because he started the fourth quarter with an odd lineup, with a lineup that didn't quite make sense. Um, it, even it was a lineup that even Mosley, after the game, said he was just experimenting. He wanted to see how this group played together. He wanted to see get kind of a proof of concept, and obviously, it didn't work. It was an opportunity to try something. It didn't work, and it made the game a lot closer than it needed to be. The Orlando Magic opened the fourth quarter with a, with a lineup of Markel Fultz, Terrence Ross, RJ Hampton, Admiral Schofield, and Chuma Okiki. Again, no problem with the idea. Playing Chuma Okiki at the five is interesting. 
Marco Fultz is a good organizer. Terrence Ross can shoot the ball a little bit. Maybe they should have played Gary Harris over Admiral Schofield there. Um, you know, RJ Hampton's RJ Hampton. So again, Gary Harris may, maybe should have been in there for state to stabilize that group a little bit. But he threw that lineup out. Um, again, why is Admiral Schofield playing? You know, not that Admiral's a bad player, but up 15, it it it, it felt like Mosley specifically looked to experiment a little bit with the cushion that he had. Um, within four and a half minutes, though, um, after letting the lead get down to 10 and then expanding it back out to 15, within four and a half minutes into the quarter, the lead was down to five. And at that point, you have a basketball game. At that point, you've run out of time to experiment. With seven and a half minutes to play and a five-point game, you're now having to execute. And I think what ended up happening is, you know, again, no one's going to admit this. No one's going to talk about this. And the Magic still should have won the game, so it doesn't excuse anyone. What ended up happening was, I think the starters came in. The starters were kind of in a mindset, okay, okay, we could kick back, relax a little bit. We can ease back into this thing uh, because we have a little bit of a cushion. And Mosley will put you, put you back in before it gets too bad. Mosley put the starting group in too late. Um, the, the starting group had to kind of ramp back up after kind of coasting. Coasting is probably an unfair word, but kind of being able to coast through the game and get whatever they want. Now, all of a sudden, they're facing a different and more confident Pacers team. They've got to hold off a lead. they got to absorb a run without being in the flow of the game. Um, I think Jamal Mosley put the Magic in a really difficult spot. I think he put the starters in a really tough spot um, where it was going to be difficult to execute at the high level. Now, a good team is going to be able to do that. A good team is going to be able to adjust and, and do all that. This Magic team is not a good team. This Magic team has a very slim margin of error, and, and this was a lineup that was a mistake. Um, it didn't work. It, maybe, it was true at the five is a good experiment worth trying. There was a wrong lineup put out there, and it was out there for too long. Um, once the lead got back out to 15, uh, the second time, it, you know, once it started to look like it was coming undone a little bit, they needed a quick, they needed a shorter leash on that group, call a quick timeout, get a, a more common group, even if it's not your starting group, to stabilize the game. Mosley, and I hate saying this because I do think he wanted to win the game. Mosley was not necessarily coaching to win the game. He was coaching to experiment with something. And again, didn't cost the team, but it hurt the team. Um, no doubt, it hurt the team. It was a bad lineup and it didn't work. Um, and it made it what was a runaway game, a close game that the Magic were set up to lose. Um, again, we've talked a little bit about this. There have been some weird coaching decisions, some weird rotation decisions throughout the course of the year. Mosley is a rookie coach as much as the Ma a rookie head coach, I should say. Um, as much as, as much as the magic are learning how to play in these situations, and it continues to be a point that these are all good situations and good, good lessons for this team to learn as much as the magic are learning all these lessons themselves. Mosley is too. I can guarantee the next time the Magic have a 15-point lead heading into the third quarter and Mosley thinks about experimenting a little bit, he's going to have a shorter leash on that group. He's going to understand that, hey, I can't. if it doesn't look like it's working or they make a little bit of a push, I got to call a quick timeout. I got to bag the experiment. I got to save the game. The win is the most important thing, um, or it should be. Maybe it isn't. Who's to say? Um, but it, it, it gets us back to... You know, again, it's good that we're experimenting with lineups. This is this is this is definitely a space and definitely a season to do that. Um, I like the idea of playing Chuma at the five. I like the idea of playing Franz at the five. I like we like those ideas. Um, we want to be a little bit more progressive. And and I, I made this point: the defense is certainly a, a lot more aggressive than what we saw under Steve Clifford. 
Steve Clifford would never do a switching defense the way that the Magic have done switching defenses this year. Um, and that's not a knock on Steve Clifford. I love Steve Clifford's defense. He's a very conservative approach. This is going to be a little bit more aggressive to try and create turnovers, try and create those fast break opportunities the Magic need to thrive on. Um, the Magic are getting more corner threes. The Magic have shot more corner threes this season than they did all of last season. And that was not like a recent thing. They've been well over the number of corner threes. They're playing, while the offense isn't good statistically, the Magic are doing a lot more things that are progressive, that are more modern about the way they run their offense. So I, I, I'm not here to, to bag on Jamal Mosley. I'm not here to say that Mosley's doing a poor job. Mosley's doing a really good job. This team is still bought in heavily into what they're doing. Everybody believes that there's bright days ahead, that this group is going to figure it out. Now, everyone says that. Everyone believes in what they're doing. But uh, I, but I, I really do think that this is something different. And again, we're not. that doesn't guarantee that it's going to work. But I do think that the Magic are in a position to, you know, if, if things fall the right way, if they get the right guys, if they convince the right veterans to come in to be a surprise team next year, I, 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 I am optimistic about the way this team is developing. And I think they've gotten better as the season goes on. Like I said, we're seeing this team's identity begin to take shape. We're seeing this team really begin to buy in. So the experimenting that Mosley's doing, I don't have a problem with that. That's not the issue. It's, it's the fact that it costs the team a win that I have an issue with. And it's the fact that there are clearly still some lineups out there that are not working and that there are clear solutions to. Um, the big one, and we've hinted about this on the show, is that, yes, Chuma Okiki should probably be starting by now. Um, Mo Bamba had a really nice game. Not going to take it away from him. He had, he had the game-tying basket. He's done fine. But that starting group has started to struggle, and, and everyone's noticing it over the last 10, 15 games that starting group has not been as effective as it was earlier in the season. The defense that was the calling card of that group, because it couldn't score worth anything, um, has fallen off significantly. And so you got to wonder, okay, we're playing both of our centers. Mo Wagner's out. You know, Robin Lopez is kind of there for spot for spot minutes. We're struggling to match up with some of these quicker, smaller teams. Wendell Carter is, he's fine on the perimeter but he'd be much more effective as a rim protector too. When are we going to see Chumo Kiki? By logic, Jonathan Isaac's one day going to start in that spot. Um, with the roster the Magic have now, that's Jonathan Isaac's spot. Um, so why are the Magic not priming the lineup or seeing what that lineup looks like um, with a stretch four there? Now, there's a, earlier in the season, you could certainly say that Chumo Kiki should not be there because he's struggling to shoot. He doesn't fix the Magic's offensive problems, even if he is a really good defender, which he is a really good defender. But that's no longer the case. So over his last 15 games, he's shooting better than 40% from three. So Chumo Kiki, I think, is a, is a clear candidate to start. Obviously, a lot of Magic fans, and I got this comment a lot on my Twitter on my Twitter page, why isn't Marco Fultz in to, at the end of the game? And my only response is, well, if he weren't just two games back from returning from an injury, Marco Fultz would be at the, would be in at the end of this game. Absolutely 100%. That game, the game was begging for an organizer, was begging for someone who could get guys in the right spots, get guys the right shots, just kind of calm the team down. And again, Cole Anthony thinks gotten a lot better at this. I'm, I'm not here to take anything away from that. His playmaking's improved dramatically this year. But that is not Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony is a scorer and a shooter first. That's what we love about him. That's also what hurt him in this game. It's three for 14 for, from the floor in this game. 
they made a lot of poor decisions, made a lot of just kind of poor organizational decisions and getting the magic through the end of this game. Um, just took bad shots. And, and, and again, it wasn't just him. I thought Wendell Carter took a lot, made a lot of bad decisions uncharacteristically as well. But it's very, very clear that the the, the starting line of the magic putting out right now, the, start, the line of the magic are finishing with right now is not the lineup for the future. And so I think as the magic begin to think, and the magic are clearly thinking a little bit about what happens beyond this season, they have to start shaping the lineup to be that way. Now, that doesn't mean changing the lineup willy-nilly, but stat, the numbers actually show that lineup with Chumo Kiki in there from Obamba is pretty good. What, what limited numbers we have for it, it's pretty good. We know what Marco Fultz is going to bring. He's had two really solid games um, coming back. And once those minute restrictions come up, it's going to be hard to keep him off the floor either. Now, obviously, Markel is still on a very strict minutes restriction. I'm not calling for him to start games right away, but it, through two games, it's hard to argue that Markel Fultz isn't the best point guard on the team. Jalen Suggs is a rookie. He makes a ton of mistakes, You know, still turns the ball over a little bit too much. His handle's a little bit loose. Um, he makes great passes, still makes a lot of mistakes. And again, Cole Anthony is, is in a little bit of a downturn right now um, on, on all phases of his game. It's 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 a rough spot for this team. So the Magic do have some options, and the Magic do need to consider some lineup changes. And Jamal Mosley's going to have to manage this. Um, it, it's it's not just managing for the present; it's also managing for the future, and it's not an easy job to do. But in this game on Wednesday night, Mosley's decisions cost the team, um, or put the team in a bad spot. He didn't put the team in the best position to win, and, and that has to be acknowledged. Experimenting's fine. Got no problem with it. With Admiral Schofield, yeah, not the greatest decision. Even with RJ Hampton, not the greatest decision. I want some stability if you're going to experiment a little bit or if you're going to look at something specifically. Um, and, and I don't think the Magic did that. I don't think Magic set themselves up for success. And and to me, that part is as disappointing as anything else. The Magic didn't execute. The Magic didn't finish. The coaching staff didn't put them in the best spots to win. And, and I think some lineup and some rotation changes are definitely something the team should should consider to get themselves in those spots. We'll go through the final box score real fast, put a bow on this game coming up here in just a moment. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from the chain store or car dealership? Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. 
TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. The Orlando Magic again fall to the Indiana Pacers 122-114 to in overtime. Uh, just a, uh, again, a disappointing loss. Orlando led by 9 at the end of the first quarter. They led by 4 at the half, led by 15 at halftime after a 29-18 third, third quarter. We talked about the third quarters yesterday. Magic did their job in the third quarter. Then they give up 34 in the fourth, 19 uh, to 19 points. So they are, they're outscored 34-19 and eventually outscored 46-23 in the fourth quarter and overtime. Jamal Mosley said it after the game. I think several players also mentioned it after the game. The game really came undone for them in the second quarter when the Pacers were able to uh, when the Pacers were able to 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 get back into the game uh, and again kind of uh, kind of take them out of it. Kind of take them out of it. Orlando had a double digit lead in the first half that they gave away. They had obviously the fifteen point lead heading into the fourth quarter. Let's go through the box score though. Franz Wagner ten for eight, ten for eighteen shooting, four for six from deep, six rebounds, two steals. A uh, really good game from Franz. He was just, whenever the Magic got him the ball, he made the right decision, got to the basket, made baskets, uh, however he wanted to make them. Again, it's he's not someone that you give the ball to and he just creates for himself. Um, he's not someone that's forcing things. It's all within the flow of the offense. So, you know, I, I said this a lot last year um, with Aaron Gordon. I've said this for a while with Aaron Gordon. When the offense works, the ball finds him. When the offense works, the ball finds Franz Wagner. The Magic, you know, make sure. So the biggest thing to me is the Magic have to make sure they keep Franz Wagner involved. Guy had 28 points. He was 10 for 18. So he got plenty of shots. I got more shots than usual. But 28 points, 24 of them through three quarters. So he only scored four points in overtime, and or in the fourth quarter in overtime. That simply cannot happen. He, he needs the ball in his hands. They need to get him the ball. Uh, and I think the Magic just really struggled to do that. The Magic just generally really struggled to do that when their offense struggles. So again, finding ways to get Franz involved, keeping Franz involved is vital to this team's success. Bo Bamba scores 19 points, grabs 12 rebounds, eight for nine shooting, two for two from deep, had four rebounds, four offensive rebounds. Um, you know, did a little bit of everything offensively. So his offense, I thought, was really, really good. Um, stayed active on the glass, obviously. Hit the three-pointers when he was open. Just didn't force too much. Didn't try to do too much. Uh, again, just a really good safety valve for this team. So uh, I thought he played really well defensively. You know, the Magic were switching so much it was it was kind of hard to say exactly where he was defensively. Um, Indiana did grab 14 offensive rebounds, but they were fairly balanced on that front. Um, so I thought Mo handled himself well. This was this is not a game to knock on Mo Bamba. Mo was 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 pretty good. Wendell Carter, 13 points, five for 12 shooting, over two from deep, 18 rebounds, five assists, six turnovers. Um, this was Wendell Carter's worst game in a while, I would say. Um, I thought that he was a little indecisive um, offensively. Uh, there was a play, I think it was a tie game where the Magic were down by two, um, and Cole Anthony ran a pick and roll with Wendell. Cole kicked it to Wendell at the top of the key, and Wendell hesitated to shoot. He gave a pump fake instead of shooting the ball, ended up having to give it back to Cole, and Cole had to take a rush shot that didn't make the basket. It was a 24-second shot clock violation. This was coming out of a timeout too. 
Um, I think there's like 26 seconds left on, left in the game at that point. Um, Wendell, Wendell's been pretty good, of, and he knows that confidence and being willing to shoot is a big part of his game and big thing for him, big thing he has to overcome. Um, this was really the first time in a long time that it just didn't feel like Wendell was in control, that Wendell was hurried, that Wendell wasn't making right good decisions. And, and it killed the Magic down the stretch because Wendell's just such a solid player uh, and someone the Magic rely on. It, it, this was not a good game for Wendell, but again, says something that he played 40 and a half minutes, um, was led the team in minutes played. Um, the Magic really, really needed him tonight. Um, and again, just needed a little bit more from him. Jalen Suggs, 14 points, six for 15 shooting, missed all four of his three pointers, five assists, four turnovers for him, mixed bag for Jalen. Um, he, he's starting to put things together. He, he's, he, he more than anyone else on the team is comfortable playing at that faster pace. He likes getting out on the open floor. Um, Orlando, uh, I I've noticed this Friday. I don't know if it happened before Friday. Orlando is running Jalen Suggs as the point guard, even with Cole Anthony out there. Um, Jalen Suggs is the guy running the show. He's not, he wasn't running the show in clutch time, but he was running the show. And so that's a big part of why the magic's pace is up. I think a little bit, um, I, I, I think Suggs is, is piecing some things together. The shot isn't consistent. The decision-making, knowing when to shoot, when to go for his, when to get others involved. Obviously, the three-point shot, it, it's also a work in progress for him. The five assists are nice. I thought he did a good job moving the ball. He makes really good passes. And so it's just about calming him down, slowing himself down, playing at his pace, playing his game, and then getting those shots to fall, and, and he'll be fine. Cole Anthony, 11 points, four for 13, shooting 0 for 4 from deep as well for him. Four assists, just one turnover. Um, you know, just not a good game for Cole. Um, just not not gonna lie. I, I know I say look at the assist total for Cole, and and, and it's not there. Uh, it, you know, it's okay. Four assists is fine. He's averaging around five up upper fives on that. Um, the shooting's got to come. Uh, he is there to make shots, uh, and especially late in the game, he made bad decisions. Um, Cole's really struggling with the shot right now. Um, they're been little peaks that are like, okay, maybe he's figuring piecing it together. It's, it's, it's not coming right now. Um, and, and that's, that's a frustrating thing for, for the magic. Marco Fultz off the bench again, 11 points, five for six shooting three assists. He did have four turnovers. So made some mistakes this time. Uh, you know, turnovers, I think are going to be the big, big worry with Markel early on, just as he gets kind of him, himself in rhythm, understands where players are going to be, learns his teammates again a little bit. Um, but Fultz, when he gets downhill, when he gets to the basket, is still scoring and doing what he wants to do. He had a nice move early in the early in the first in a stint in the first quarter, did a spin move past his guy, fed Wendell Carter for a nice dunk and and a foul. So it, everyone's learning how to play with Markel again. Markel is doing really really well. Just a really positive game for Markel Fultz. Other than that, again, six players in double figures, so the Magic do that. But Gary Harris plays only 10-21, two points for him, uh, plus three uh, on that. Again. Admiral Schofield plays 519. He was minus 12 in his five minutes and 19 seconds of action. Gotta ask why Admiral Schofield's in the game and not Gary Harris. You gotta ask why that is why why that's the decision with the lineup. Terrence Ross, two for six, six points for him. Uh, again, not playing well. Chumo Kiki, he's played really, really well. Had a bad shooting night tonight. Two for 10, one for six from beyond the arc. Um, that's kind of how you lose games. Orlando did a really good job with turnovers until the fourth quarter in overtime. They have 20 turnovers that lead to 25 Indiana points. That's exactly how the Magic beat the Pacers. The other night, Indiana with 18 turnovers for 20 points for the Magic. A lot of those coming in the first three quarters. Orlando unable to turn them over, unable to get their offense going in that fourth quarter. Indiana led in scoring by Malcolm Brogdon with 31 points, including 12 for 15 
from the foul line. He did a really good job in the fourth quarter getting at the foul line uh, and putting pressure on the Magic. Buddy Heald with 17 points. Tyrese Halliburton with 21. The Orlando Magic fall to the Indiana Pacers 121 to 114 in overtime. Orlando starts a back-to-back in Toronto and Memphis on Friday and Saturday night. We'll talk about those games on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore v. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. Again, you, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Thanks again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk a little bit about our third quarter of the season recap, uh, who our third quarter MVP is, and what lies ahead in the final 20 games of the NBA season for the Orlando Magic. Now, go make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.